Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Just stone cold set up. If you're gonna blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. Coming strong with it because we've got actual football to talk about. Sort of. Uh, spring practice started for the Longhorns this week. You gotta, Rodby, you gotta get those pesky t shirt and shorts workouts out of the way first. Yeah, the then NCAA gets in the way of real football being played, but there will be real football in the, in, yes. in the coming weeks. In the very the near years. future. Yeah, uh, real football. But did get to see a little bit of the Longhorns in the first spring practice. We'll talk about that on the show this week. And uh, many more topics relating to uh, burnt orange matters on the gridiron here on Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. I am Jeff Howe. First <laughs> Longhorns practice is in the books for spring. And, you know, we when we previewed spring ball last week, we got into it and I said we'd do it again this week and we got plenty of time. Really, it's all leading up to the spring game, which is going to be everybody's first real full, real deal look at what this football team uh, is going to look like until they get back on the field in August. And I spent, we're supposed to get two open windows for practice this week, so I decided I was going to kind of split it. Tuesday I would be with offense, yeah. then Thursday um, I'll go ahead and watch the defense. So if you're Horns 24-7, Remember, if you're listening to this uh, before Thursday, uh, you know, I've got my offensive notes from practice on Tuesday. And if everything goes according to plan, uh, I'll have my defensive notes after practice in the evening time on Thursday. Uh, but, Rod, I want to start with the offense and start with the quarterbacks. And I was I always like when I make notes during practice and then it lines up with what the coach says afterwards. And the big takeaway I had offensively was I didn't think either of the veteran quarterbacks looked particularly noteworthy. Yeah. Maybe that's first day rust. I don't know. But. I came away feeling like the two young quarterbacks look like they belong. I'm not saying either one's going to push the veterans, no. but they look like pretty good takes. Cameron Rising and Casey Thompson. Cameron Rising at 235 pounds. That's what he's listed at on the spring rush. And then Casey Thompson threw, I thought, the best ball I saw a quarterback throw on Tuesday. So are those both those guys six foot? How tall are they? Casey Thompson and Cameron Rising. Yeah. Uh, Casey so Sam Ellinger's the tallest guy out there. Yes. Uh, okay. Casey Thompson. Yeah. Casey Thompson looks taller because he's more kind of a lean, long body type. Uh, So Casey Thompson's probably between, legitimately between 6 foot and 6'1", and Cameron Rising is probably between 6'1 and 6'2". Yeah. um, I would say that there's kind of definitely like a body style that Tom Herman likes as his quarterback. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what I mean? Because there is. I mean, mean, back in Mac's day, Mac didn't really have a particular body style or anything prototype that he liked. He really didn't. Like, Mac basically liked guys that, if you were the best, uh, yeah, exactly. You're the best quarterback in the state, I'll take it. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's why you get a Chris Sims. That's why you get Vince Young. That's why you get Tyrone Sweeney. That's why we got Greg a lot Davis of here. To take, Greg Davis. Yeah, and go make it work. It yeah, together. and even bringing in guys like Cole, Cole McCoy is basically Tom Herman's dream quarterback. <laughs> Cole uh, McCoy yeah. is kind of Tom Herman. If you ask me, like, like senior Cole. Yeah, if, if, if Tom, yeah, you know what I mean? Like that Cole, that his arm Cole. got stronger and also he could run. If you ask me about Tom Herman's dream quarterback, it ain't Vince Young. You know what I mean? It ain't. It's Cole McCoy. Like that's almost his dream quarterback. That's kind of what JT Barrett. Or, or or Baker Mayfield, like that's almost his dream quarterback. Yeah, like, a guy that's not doesn't you know, have a true a true quote unquote dual threat skill set. Yes, but mobility, mobility and an functional mobility, athleticism. Right, yes, to extend yeah, the play. yeah you know what I mean. Would be a good exactly. Shot. If I'm just kind of looking at the quarterbacks that he's coached, you know what I mean, and how you know their their skill set and how they're you know what I mean because he's got the Kyle Allen thing thrown in there, so he does like the pro. If you can kind of stay in the pocket and drop back and be able to you know make reads as a quarterback. He likes that, but he also wants a guy that he can he can mess around with because he still got that offensive coordinator in him. So he loves funky packages. He likes you know he likes a little he misdirection and yeah you know what I mean deception within the offense, different formations, funky stuff. He still likes that you know what I mean he's got some that Brian Harson in him where yeah, I want to do some funky. Right. I want people to know that I am an you know what I mean an intellectual presence as an offensive mind and I can come up with something that you haven't really seen. He right. likes that. Put an imprint. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's, it's weird. I'm watching. 
watching his, you know, recruitment of quarterbacks, you know, they're, they always say, women always say that, like, you can tell a lot by a man by, you know, the what kind of shoes he wears or by the way he treats his mother. You know what I mean? Like, you can tell a lot by a man by this. You can tell a lot by a head coach by his quarterback right. that he ends up choosing. And you can tell a lot by Tom Herman by the way he's choosing these quarterbacks. He doesn't necessarily covet the conventional prototype anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's really kind of outside the box when it comes to the quarterback yeah. position totally. And that's kind of what Colt McCoy was to him. Like, that's why Colt McCoy's in the league as a as a pocket passing quarterback. He can be a pro style quarterback. But hell, that dude could run the read option if you need him to run it too. You know what I mean? And on his own read. He could do that. Rod, that's kind of where, where I wanted to, I wanted this, this show, and I, I keep telling people we've got plenty of time to talk quarterback. But you know, the NFL draft buzz is starting to heat up now. Yeah. Pro day is going on. Yeah. And you see the New York Jets make a trade. They give up, I think, three in of three number two picks Ooh. two this year, two next year. You don't to go up, to yeah. go up to number three. Amen. Presumably to take one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, man. And that's I just exactly start I just start thinking, you know, quarterbacks, Rod, as as you say, I love the way you put this many years ago, and I still use your analogy to this day. Finding a quarterback is like finding a good significant other. Yep. She might not be the hottest woman you've dated, mm-hmm. but she was the best fit for you. Yep. Ain't no question about it. And I want to start thinking about quarterbacks, man. It is you it's almost like guys hanging out at the bar that you're thinking with the brain you shouldn't be thinking with. Yeah. In other words, I've seen really smart people make really dumb decisions when it comes to quarterbacks. Oh, no doubt. And <laughs> yeah, uh, the decade of the nineties yeah. where just we didn't even know what yeah. we were watching and you yeah. were just and like, Oh, numbers, big old. We, we were waiting to get into yeah. the availability after t- a Tuesday night I practice and I don't know, Anwar Richardson and I were talking. We, we yes, folks, us that work at different sites, we talk to each other when we're at media functions. <laughs> so and Anwar and I we I don't know how the discussion got started, but we started talking about Tyrone Swoops and, and just talking yeah. about you know the decisions that the guys make at quarterback and why do they do it and what what were yeah. you thinking? And the the reason the, the the thing that Rod made me feel like yes, yeah, smart guys make dumb decisions when it comes to quarterback is I look at the NFL and those guys get it wrong all the all time. the time all the time like EJ Manuel was a first round all pick Christian Ponder was a first round pick yeah. why they're overvalued they're overdrafted thus they're over recruited over evaluated T-T-Bow and Johnny Manziel exactly picks. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I I started thinking about Ozzie Newsom and, and I I love how the Baltimore Ravens draft because very rarely do the Ravens have a draft pick they're like wow that guy was just a bust yeah. the Ravens have a very good track record. They do. And Ozzie Newsom, you'd be hard-pressed to find a GM in, in all of pro football with a better track record than Ozzie Newsom. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking about this going back to Ozzie Newsom, the dumb quarterback decision he made. Go back to 2003 huh. and when Kyle Bowler came out. And what was the one thing everybody said about Kyle Bowler? I had nothing to do with how he read a defense or nothing. Nope. He can get on both knees and throw it 50 yards through the uprights. Yep. <laughs> when is he Start ever going to be mountain. asked to do that in a game? Said the same thing about Josh right. Allen Like right it's now. Uncle Rico. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. when is he ever going to do that? What, exactly how, right. how is that relate? It's like Nick Rose doing the backflip field goal. Yeah. Well, great. That's yeah, awesome. Great. But when is Can he, he play the that? game? Exactly. Can he play? Right. Can he play? <laughs> and the Ravens, you know, traded up and gave away, gave away picks to go get Kyle Bowler, who was yep. a scrub, a scrub quarterback. Pretty much. And so it's like, yeah, coaches make dumb decisions at that position all the time. Yeah, at the highest level of football. It, yeah. Well, and it, you always will err. You see these mistakes. A lot of them, they almost, you can go back to one or two things. One, they were either a really big prospect, like that five-star quarterback that they didn't make it way that even though Manuel or Ponder, those guys are both, they were huge prospects. You see the tools, or they're just great production in college. The way that you saw somebody like, say, Manziel just soar past expectations, but then those things distort you from the player because you aren't going for past opinions or for past gains. You're trying to go and find out who's going to be the best for me going forward. But when you're only examining those tools before and trying to predict it, you get lost in what you've seen, and, like your, what you know and what and, your eyes have seen. And let's be fair about the Johnny Manziel thing. If Johnny was focused, oh yeah, you're more, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you know, I mean, he and obviously he's dealt with bipolar disorder and all that kind of stuff. If he if he was more focused and had all that diagnosed before, he probably would have been a better NFL quarterback. I'm not yeah. saying that he didn't have that, but that's all the things you have to consider. Yes. that's like you have to consider so many that's different things. Yeah, Vyz even said if he was more mature, exactly. his career would have lasted. You have so many yeah. chances to be wrong at quarterback. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is so much things that can go wrong. Like it could be injured. Look at Andrew Luck now. Oh, I mean, you know, Andrew Luck was supposed crazy. to be the next next Peyton Manning, Nets, John Elway. It's a done deal. He's going to be the guy. He's going to win multiple Super Bowls. If you get him, God bless you and amen. And now it's like, well, hope he comes back healthy. You never know. You never know. I mean, just something never detached know. to Vince Young like Steve yeah. McNair's death. Who knows how much death. Like, just, there's so no, many you levels no of idea, things man. that connect. You have no idea. And, and it's taking me to Tom Herman yeah. and looking at this quarterback room, Rod. And, and I think I, I think this because I don't know. I haven't asked Tom yeah. Herman or I don't pretend to know how he – I know the things he values in quarterbacks. Yeah. But I don't pretend to know what the long-term plan is in terms mm-hmm. of how 
values. You have to attack quarterback. And again, I'll, I'll turn it over to you here in a sec because you bring up the two franchises oh, all the time that handle the quarterback position in the National Football League you know and have is. for decades better you know than anybody. Is. The Green Bay Packers and the New England Patriots. Yep. And what are the, they always The franchises doing? with Tom yeah. freaking Brady and Aaron yeah. freaking Rodgers as your starting quarterback. Yeah. They draft more quarterbacks than anybody. Yeah. They bring in more undrafted free agents than anybody. They trade for more quarterbacks. Why? The, the Green Bay Packers just traded for another quarterback. They just traded for Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah, they were like, I want him. We just yeah. take him. You yeah. stockpile as much talent at that position as possible because eventually, at the pro level, those guys are going to turn into assets if they're worth their salt. Yep. At the college level, it's harder because of transfers and guys want to play, but Tom Herman's approach to yep, fixing this quarterback Agreed. position, it's not, I've got to go find me Vince Young. I've got to go yep. find Cam Newton. It's, I'm going to stockpile this room with as much talent as possible because you know what? I trust my evaluations mm-hmm. that one of if we've got six scholarship guys, one of these guys is going to end up being a good quarterback for exactly. us. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You hedge your bets. Yes. Right. Right? You just be smart about it. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to. It's the, like what the, the Philadelphia Eagles. The yes. The Philadelphia Eagles, everybody's praising their model because they went all in to get Carson Wentz. We laughed at him two years ago. Right. They traded a first round pick, a third round pick, and a fourth round pick in one draft. And then in 2018, they, fir- they traded a first round pick in 2017's draft and a second round pick in 2018, all to go up and get Carson Wentz. And we were like, man, these people don't know what the hell they're doing. They're like, no, no, this is our guy. But we're going to hedge our bets. They brought in Chase Daniel one year as they're like you know what we're gonna this guy could be a potential starter for us this Carson Wentz don't think I'll work out and then they doubled down on that and went and got Nick Foles and said nope we want two starting quarterbacks on our roster and people thought they were crazy because you got a salary cap and yet they were devoting 11 million dollars to the backup quarterback position and everybody said dude they are insane mm-hmm. turns out they were insane yeah that's why they won the damn Super Bowl crazy, and like, crazy you know like what I mean a fox. Minnesota Vikings bet one of the best teams in the NFL what they do they had Teddy Bridgewater coming back they're like no 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 we're trading for Sam Bradford mm-hmm. trade it Sam with Sam Bradford, you know what I mean. Trade with the Eagles. It's not if a fact. You accumulate Trade it with the guys. Eagles, who also brought it. Forgot about Sam Bradford. Yeah. And then the Eagles talk about assets. They end up trading Sam Bradford over. Boom for a first round pick. Yeah. So they get a first round pick. Minnesota's like, no, nope, we're, we're stockpiling quarterbacks. Let's bring in Case Keenum too. They bring in three. So what are the Jets doing this year? Jets still got their. They just moved up, right? So what you said, the number three pick. Is they're, number three? they're three now. All right. They gave up. Two, they got two, Teddy three, Bridgewater. Three they just signed Teddy Bridgewater. No, and, it's and they got Josh McCown on the roster. Everybody, everybody now is. Figured it out. Dude, quarterback position overall, not just your starting quarterback. You got to devote resources to make sure you got at least two guys you see as starting quarterbacks in Ross. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. Because the truth is, nobody knows what the hell they're doing when it comes to quarterbacks. That's why Bill Belichick had Drew Bledsoe, a $100 million quarterback, and decided, no, nah, no, nah, you know, this Tom Brady kid is good. And even when Tom Brady's on the roster, he's drafted eight quarterbacks. Eight quarterbacks since he's been the head coach. They he's like, no, Jimmy man, Garoppolo. I don't know what this going to happen. Tom Brady might leave me. If Tom Brady leaves me, boom, I'll have Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, we traded Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, I got Sam Castle. Oh, I got Hell, Major Applewhite was on that damn roster at one point with Bill yeah, Belichick. Cliff Kingsbury was That's on That's how there. many yeah. damn quarterbacks he's Sims bringing in, dog. And, and nobody else wanted to copy that blueprint, and I saw it years ago, and I was like, man, everybody in the NFL is stupid, except Bill Belichick and except the Green Bay Packers. They've drafted numerous quarterbacks. They're always picking. Hell, they had Brett Favre and decided, oh, we're going to draft Aaron Rodgers in the first round. You know what I mean? Like, that's what you do. You have to always be thinking your quarterback is leaving because they are. And if they're not leaving, they're getting hurt. Mm, and if they're exactly. not getting hurt, you know what I mean? Like, and you have to, oh, you know why Tom Brady has always taken a pay cut? Because Bill Belichick's got a quarterback I just drafted. <laughs> I just drafted one. You know what, Tom? We sit down in this negotiation room and we ha- hanging out. I'm like, you know what, Tom? I just drafted a damn quarterback, bro. You know I'm thinking about the future. I'm drafting another one next year. You know what I mean? So Tom Brady's like, nah, I'll take a pay cut, bro. I'm going to keep winning Super Bowl, but I'll take a pay cut. I want to keep winning Super Bowl because as long as I'm winning Super Bowls and I'm winning, you take the incentive off of the guy just wants to get paid uh, because he wants to be the highest paid quarterback and Tom Brady's like, no, no, if I keep winning, I'll keep my job. You continue to make it a competition and you up the competition level in that room to the point where everybody understands if I'm playing and I'm winning, I'm staying in the job. Yeah. And if other than that, nothing else matters. The politics don't matter. Coach's favorite don't matter. Whoever, uh, you know, coach's daughter likes don't matter or his wife likes. None of that matters. All that matters is I am the quarterback and we are winning games. That's it. And that position so key that, like you That's said, that is, with the variance, though, with all the things that we talked about, if you can accumulate a group of them, if you are understand, you almost have to go Dude. into with the understanding that, yes, we aren't going to be perfect with this, but if we're able to flood in and get it, because then, even if you hit on a couple, you don't know about injuries. Texas fans learned about that. Transfers. McCoy, all that, and then same thing when you look at quarterbacks, like how you brought up Philly, the way that they go, people criticize Nick Foles as being, you know, the $10 million 
million dollar contract at the time. It was like, yeah. But then when you combine that quarterback room, because when you combine a quarterback one and quarterback two, they were like paying the 20th most in out of all teams in yeah. the NFL. So they actually were a bottom 10, bottom 12, one of no, the because, cheaper quarterbacks but the, because they're the drafting in, rookies. Exactly. And, no, and that's why I'm saying that if you continue to get the young base and you get that built-in infrastructure of the cap hit that you have by always going and hitting and turning that commodity into something. Exactly. And then in college, you can actually do this and just accumulate them. And what is yeah, it also doing? In it can keep them away from your opponents. Now, in a market where the quarterback is so key to winning, it's not as if there's 32 dispersed amongst 32 teams. There might be 25 teams and the best seven have the have three apiece or two apiece. And in college, you can take advantage of that even more by getting them to come in, compete, and maybe elevate each other. And if they get hurt or if the one falls off, you still have that built in. So it's smart to have more than you ever would have had in the past at that position. It's the most valuable position in sports, arguably. It's just in my opinion, because the NFL gave a tax break when they made the rookie weight scale. Remember Sam Bradford made that $78 million contract, $50 million of it guaranteed. And everybody was like, man, we got to have a rookie weight scale. They made the quarterback position so cheap in the draft. Mr. Trubisky will make $29 million guaranteed over four years with a fifth-year option. So right now, the Dallas Cowboys have the biggest bargain in sports because their starting quarterback only cost them $700,000. The Russell Texans, Wilson by the was. way, have the second biggest discount in the NFL because their quarterback only cost them $3.2 million against the cap. You're talking about less than 1% of your salary cap going toward the most valuable position, and you can build the rest of your team yep. with just all the rest of that $177 million right. salary cap. Russell Wilson, that's why the Seattle Seahawks built their mm-hmm. dynasty. That's what built the Patriots' dynasty, the cheap, the cheapness of, or I'm sorry, use a better word, the, the frugality mm-hmm. of having Tom the Brady, value. a sixth-round yeah. pick, as your starting quarterback for about three or four years, and then having Drew Bledsoe traded for a first-round pick, getting draft capital. That's what it's become all about. Teams are just figuring it out, but it's been out there forever. And even in college, you brought it up, it's easier in college, but it's still the same thing. The transfer market has really yeah. changed the game in college. Yeah. Those guys are going to transfer if they're but not happy. you get that first shot. You keep, look at A&M, look at Texas Tech, look at Texas. They, they're going to keep transferring, man. In Oklahoma, too. Hell, Baker Mayfield's a transfer. Yeah. They're going to keep transferring. It's going to get more prolific. Just keep bringing them in. You can't you can't control what, how they feel and where they want to go. What mm-hmm. you can control is how many guys you have on campus. All right, break time on the show, but when we come back, more Texas spring football talk is on the way. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. This is Walmart Blitz with Horns247.com. Now, here is your host, Jeff Howe. But I asked Tom Herman on, on Monday, the practice, the, the press conference the day before practice started about you know, that 2017 class, because I'm sitting there listening to him rattle off names of guys that made really big gains in the strength program. And he's mentioning Taquan Graham and Marquez Bimage and Sam Cosme and, and you know, even the Juco guys in that class, Jamari Chisholm got brought up, Gary Johnson got brought up. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, oh, for really what amounted to a uh, pretty much a throwaway class, a class that everybody, myself to an extent kind of thought ah, these guys are all going to get recruited over in a year or two they've got a chance to have the majority of that class end up being really productive players yep. and you look at what the talent they're bringing in for 2018 it seems like rod the early returns are this is a staff that you trust their evaluations obviously with yancey mcknight running that strength program you know they can develop guys so in terms of turning the roster over tom herman is turning the roster over and maximizing his scholarship spots in the process which that really ultimately in terms of what your roster looks like two three years down the road that tells the difference in that first 18 to 24 months can you manage your roster and make sure you're bringing in guys that can actually play well you want to get to the point where and i was thinking like this i'm gonna i'm gonna rant about it probably on the show today um that you want to get to the point where when your players are practicing against one another the roster is built so they basically only uh, maybe two games out of the 12 games they play a year they'll play against a like player or a better play. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, yeah. Your roster is... I, I got like to the point where I'm you, facing Roy Williams and B.J. Johnson and Sloan Thomas every day in practice. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, the truth is, I'm only going to face a wide receiver that's better than one of those guys maybe once a year. That's how Alabama is. That's yeah. how Clemson is. That's yeah. how Ohio State is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how... And it's not because it's... Now, that's also how some, you know, North Texas is too. But for Texas and those blue bloods, it's supposed to be at the elite level. I'm right. never going to face a better player at an 
the more elite level. This guy's going to be a top 10 pick, Roy Williams was. You know what I mean? Yeah. This guy's going to play in the NFL. You want to play against those caliber players every day in practice to the point where you get in the game and you realize, oh, this is easy. This is easier <laughs> than what I do on my day-to-day. Oh, wow. Watch me. I'm about to do something wild. Watch me. I'm about to I'm about to spot a quarterback because I can cover this guy easy. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's what you want to be. And y'all played I that got way. to that point in, you know, in, in 2001 and 2002 where <laughs> I wasn't playing again. There was no better player in the Big 12 no, at the wide receiver position than Roy Williams. Yeah. And B.J. Johnson was probably also top 10. Also mm-hmm. wide receivers in the Big 12. I'm going to say probably top 5. I'm disrespecting yep. B.J. on that one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got to and then, and then Sloan Thomas was a sleeper. You better not sleep on him. Because right. he'll, you know what I mean? We see that. I see him at the NFL level do guys dirty in preseason games. You know what I mean? For the Texans. So, we were at that level where Tony Jeffrey was, you're like, oh man, I don't want to go against Tony Jeffrey, man. Somebody else, come out here. You know what I mean? Like, I ain't going against Tony he Jeffrey. He's very I, disrespectful. I got to the point where I only go against Roy Williams. I got that kind of credit. Be like, Roy, that's it. Let's go. Man, I'm tired. Let's go. You only go against you. I don't want none, none, nobody else is on my level. I only want the best. You know what I mean? You get to that point. And BJ Johnson get mad. Be like, nah, man, I'm coming right now. And then, you you know, if BJ Johnson gets you the sixth round, be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we get to that point. That's when it's easy. Yeah. Then, uh, then, it, then it all mm-hmm. takes over. You're talking about roster management. You get to that point where it all, it all takes over itself. The competition level, it's so, it's so at a, at a, at a threat or it's so at a apex that everybody is getting better at literally every day. Like that, no practice is wasted. Everybody, it, the, the, it's, it's exponential. The evolution your team takes on, and that's when you know Vy is your, you know, scout team quarterback, and yeah. it's like, oh yeah, that guy's a scout team. You know what I mean? And he's mm-hmm. out there at, you know, playing at a high level even as a scout team quarterback that's when you get great you don't see that and nobody can really report on it but that's when you become great and that's what Ohio State and Bama and Clemson and all these great programs have and that that Texas doesn't have right now that A&M doesn't have right now and that so few so few schools can get there though you know what I mean it's it's, it's like six schools like that in the country Florida State may have been like that you know what I mean it's like six schools like that in the country and and, And Texas is supposed to be one of those schools but and it literally Texas like when that something like that happens that evolution it's not like you sort of see it coming it's like when you watch them on the field it's like two games in, it's like oh wow this team is way better than I thought it'd be it's yeah. like it isn't going to creep up on you Texas is either going to get to that point or they're going to be fighting for a decade to get to that point yeah no it is yeah. right Tom, <laughs> to your point Rod Tom Herman said you know, when he was on the staff where they won the national championship at Ohio State oh, man. said one of the reasons they were so good was they had the best scout team in the country yeah. and it, it's guys on the scout team that are eventually NFL two or three players. years later going to be first second round pick when they put Sloan Thomas on the scout team as like a demotion or something I'm like damn this dude's on and he just he's out there all right let's go you know he's got you know that that's the kind of thing that and they had the luxury of doing that that's the kind of thing that takes you to the next it really is like it's small but hell man that's a challenge like i'm not i'm not going against walk-ons on the scout team yeah. my scout team is full of guys who are gonna red shirt or whatever that are just that damn good and y'all's I mean? transformation happened that like 2000 yeah. to 2001-ish about right it. around then and it, you always talk about that ou loss but like yeah. it also shows that within a year though this can happen in the offseason. It's just that when it happens, you really notice it immediately. It isn't as if it's going to come out of nowhere. You, you guys know I'm, I'm bullish on Georgia, man, but Georgia, look how quickly that thing flipped. Man, and Mark Richt was winning games, but Kirby Smart's first year, I think they were 7-6, and six, and then I mean, you look at Georgia now, and you're like, good lord, like they're they're about to go on a run. Yeah. They just need a like culture they, change. Like, yeah, they like, just hadn't fallen off. They have more of always a, had talent. a higher floor that inherited yeah. by Smart than, say, what yeah. Texas had. They had always had talent. They just needed a uh, yeah, they just yeah. need a culture change. And Rod, going back to roster management, you know, going back to quarterback position, speaking of roster management, I should say, that that's where if this offense is going to get off the ground, we can talk about scheme all we want, and, and I know offensive line play has got a lot to do with that, but the the number one objective for Tom Herman offensively, and I know he said finding an identity in the run game is something he wants to do, is something they want to get mm-hmm. accomplished this spring, but you've got to get that position figured out. You've got to get that position to where it's not a detriment to your offense. And I'm not, that's not me throwing shade at Sam Ellinger or Shane Bouchelle because I think there were a lot of mistakes both those guys had last year that were no fault of their own. I think Sam Ellinger made some mistakes that true freshman quarterbacks make and Shane Bouchelle obviously was banged up pretty much from the first game through through the end of the year mm-hmm. uh, with the offensive line issues and whatnot. But you know I, I like what they're doing at the quarterback position now when you look at having the two veteran guys, the two young guys. I liked what I saw from them in the first practice and then you think about you know they're bringing in Roshan Johnson uh, in this 2019 class and then you know th- that position gets evaluated so early, but you can start to see that quarterback room. I mean, think about it. I, I was trying to think the last time Texas had four quality quarterbacks
quarterbacks on scholarship in the room. I want to say it was like 2007 or eight, where they had four quarterbacks. Yeah, GJ uh, Kenny was still. So on. you right? in 2000? I, th- I want to say two, what, 2007 would have been Colt McCoy, it, John Childs, GJ Kenny, and uh, Sherrod Harris. Yeah, Did I, I want to say Colt was McCoy two, in there. Yeah, I want to say yeah. it was 2007 or yeah, yep. 2007 or eight. They did. Yeah, that was like the last time they had like four scholarship quarterbacks, like you say, or you, you like that hey, you looked man, at. And so this guy could be something. This guy could be something. That was the last time. Yeah, it's, it's not like looking at. I did the research probably two weeks. It's ago. not like looking at you know, one of Charlie Strong's uh, falls where you know you had Tyrone Swoops and Gerard Hurd with Kyle Oxley mm-hmm. and Matthew Merrick and watching Matthew Merrick and this is no disrespect to Matthew Merrick we we're like I don't think yeah. this guy's ever gonna play. No, we were just like that guy's a quality backup for an emergency situation. Yeah, <laughs> and then Kyle Oxley. <laughs> That's what we were thinking. Emergency, and, and, because emergency we don't have anybody else yeah. to put out. And there. then you watch Kyle That's Oxley. That's when Fozzie Bear came and, out. And Kyle Oxley showed he was the the JUCO player of the year last year and he's at UTEP now but you watch him as a true freshman like wow this this guy's a year away from being a year away yeah exactly right and now you're you're starting to see some real depth in that room I I went back to 2011 Rod and thought about it when when that room had Garrett Gilbert Case McCoy David Ash and Connor Wood now Connor Wood ended up transferring and was had was a decent starter at at Colorado uh Case McCoy won some games at Texas David Ash who knows what would have happened had it not been for the injuries Garrett Gilbert obviously there's talent there because he's hung around the NFL this long so, no, I mean, obviously are, there's, there's, there's don't get me started on all the guys that have got gone on to such. NFL. Marcus Johnson and all these guys going to NFL careers. My brother didn't even know. Yeah. He's like, man, uh, Michael Bennett got traded. I was like, oh yeah, for who? He's like, some guy named Marcus Johnson. I was like, he came to Texas. He's yeah. like, I don't Fozzie even remember Whitaker, him. Yeah, all those guys. But like, so. that's how much you can just. It's always been the offensive it. guys. You realize that like pro days next week, and, and, and they're gonna there's gonna be some offensive guy that's not gonna get drafted. That's gonna yeah. have an NFL career because the offensive identity crisis on the forty acres doesn't allow you to maximize your offensive talent and showcase it for NFL scouts to see. I've been told that by NFL scouts. They're like, man, it's hard to evaluate Texas offensive talent. You just got to kind of take a chance on really really like raw offensive talent because they don't showcase it. Yeah. Marquise Goodwin should have won the Belitnikov. You, you read my like, mind. That, you know what I mean? That, guy, that guy's unbelievable. If he Nobody didn't get banished to Buffalo, he's yeah. like the fantasy yeah. breakout guy last Kyle year. Kyle Shanahan loves year. him. It's like ridiculous. Like, and happened. Malcolm Brown has been like that. All those guys have been. Fozzie Whitaker's been like that. We wasted so. Ken per- a lot of offensive guys Guys have gone Jeff Swain still in the league. Yeah, like we and he was what was he a late round pick? Seventh like, round pick. Yeah, Jeff we, Swain got drafted. Yeah, exactly. How, how many? He probably caught as many passes as like the three of us did yeah. while he was at Texas. We wasted so much talent on the forty acres offensively. That's that's going to be Tom Herman's challenge too. Now try to maximize his talent you got offensively. Showcase it. All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout. But on the other side, it is more Texas talk as spring football is underway on the 40 acres. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. The other practice observation I wanted to touch on while we've got time, and we, we've, we, we're we actually covering good time here on this podcast, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> Pat yourself on the back. And we, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, we have I, not derailed. I indulge in self-deprecating humor that was like far too often. This is true. I am that too. What they say is bad psychologically for you. Yeah. They say you're not supposed to do it. You're supposed to stay positive, you're like Tim Tebow, and, and good things will happen. That's why Tim Tebow's power, they say, is not really in his Christian beliefs. I'm serious. They say his like power. No, power. that's why he always has good things happen to him. He he's had baseball career. Except like for baseball actually, power. He well, he actually was. Remember, he was hitting home runs when he first he started. Got cut. He bat 26. Yeah, he's but done. remember, he was hitting home runs. Yeah, somehow. If God, exactly. God, God like blesses him. I'm like what the hell? I don't get like that random blessing. Yeah, that's why but I just laugh at Tebow powers. He won awesome. a playoff game in the NFL. Beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like it was crazy. Exactly. He I mean, he saved a man's life on a plain ones. So did Cole it's, McCoy. It's, what they say is it's his power of positivity. Know. Like He's always positive. Like he never lets a negative thought or a negative person around him or in his life. So it's all sunshines and rainbows, man. And that other, that valley doesn't exist. For me, I'm always in the valley. Like I'm always <laughs> talking negative. Oh, man. I'm talking negative on myself and everything. So that's what, that's that lesson for Tim Tebow is positivity. Hey, positive. Just like Kwame Cavilto's false enthusiasm. False enthusiasm, dude. It goes a long way. It does. It does. So getting back to, uh, so we don't get derailed 
Tyler. So it's getting back to uh, the top of the <laughs> T-Bone, he's around you, T-Bone. The other practice observation I wanted to make was <laughs> the the, uh, the makeup of this offensive staff, Rob, when you talk about the offensive identity crisis. Uh, it's interesting the way they're doing things now. And, again, I, I like when my notes that I make during practice line up with what the coach says afterwards. And mm. this happened, uh, I, and I, I put this in my practice notes that, that went up right when the availability started Tuesday night. And uh, I noticed that Corby Meekins and Drew Maringer both being receivers coaches. And it's like, well, was one going to work with the outside receivers? Is one going to work with the slot receivers? I noticed when they were doing team takeoff, when they were doing routes on air, Corby Meekins is literally coaching guys on one side of the field, which were the Z receivers and the X's, and Drew Maringer, or the Z receivers and the slots, excuse me. And then Drew Maringer's over here with the with the X receivers. Yeah. So, And Tom Herman said, yeah, they decided to do that and split the field since they've got two receivers coaches because that way you have two actual coaches coaching your receivers at all times. Because, Rodby, you know how it is. When you start running tempo drills, you know, if a guy goes, for a go route, you just got to boom run somebody in there real quick, and yep. and you got to have somebody talk to the guy. Hey, you you, you know your your get off your first step was wrong, blah blah blah, whatever. Your hands are bad, whatever. Receivers coaches yeah. are talking, and you know Tom Herman said instead of having a, a GA or somebody work with that other side, we've just got two coaches now. One takes one side of the field, the other one takes the other side of the field. I was like, wow. I was like, I patted myself on the back, thinking I'm like, wow, good observation on my part. But that's smart on Tom Herman's it part is to maximize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maximize what you're working with, mm-hmm. and. I noticed uh, I really the thing I really wanted to pay attention to. We talked about this last thing. I really wanted to pay attention to in practice, that first practice. I want to see how Herb Hand worked because nice. offensive oh, yeah, line I'm coaches. Interested. That was the position I played in high school when I had, yes, if you can call that a career, you really <laughs> can't. But the three years I played varsity ball in high school, love my offensive line coach because I don't know, it's just something about being an offensive lineman and your offensive line coach. He's like a father figure type guy. Oh, and they're all crazy. And all, they're, they're all, all kind of crazy. Similar. They're a certain degree. They're all kind of crazy. crazy. They all got a little screw yep. loose. If, they my, do. if my man. Coach yeah. Hudson is listening to this, which Normally he probably not as crazy is. As yeah, you're, you're, all O line <laughs> coaches are a certain degree of crazy. They are, yeah. And I said the stereotypical O line coach. That's why I like I, I like the idea of Joe Wickline coming in because like Joe Wickline looked like what I picture an O line coach to look like. What they should look like. <laughs> that's true. With, well, the, I agree with that. the buzz cut yeah. and the collar shirt with like the biker short, the yeah, like the bike coach's shorts with the skull can in his back pocket. That's, that's what the O line coach should look Great like. Great D line look. Yeah. And good so, way to get your foot in the door. Right. <laughs> so I'm, I'm watching Herb hand work and Rod, you. You've been around the game at all levels, and O-line coaches, some guys are yellers, some guys are overcussers, some guys yeah. are different guys, but the best O-line coaches I've been around, and, and Stacey Searles I thought was like this, and Stacey Searles has proven himself to be a really good O-line coach. That dude was, that dude was emotional. And I, I felt like, but the best O-line coaches are the guys that you see actually teaching. So the best O-line mm-hmm. coaches, I think, if they were like math teachers or science teachers or history teachers, they'd be really good professors or really good teachers. Yeah. And you watch Herb Hand, and he's not yelling. He's not demonstrative, but it's very meticulous in terms of, you know, posture and getting in the right stance and taking the right steps and not lunging and leading with your hat in your hands and hand placement and, and you know, where you're attacking the certain part of the body. A lot of work on the two-man sleds. You know, some, some O-line coaches like some machines other than others. Some coaches mm-hmm. love the shoots. Some yeah. coaches love the, the seven-man sled. Herb Hand was a big fan in the first practice of using the two-man sled for all his blocking drills. And, and two-man, Rod B., do you ever, I don't think you ever in your DB career, maybe in high school, you did. You ever hit up on the two man sled? Yeah, I think we. I, I did it back in high school. No, times. no way, Coach Keena had you guys level, on the two man sled. I don't think we ever even <laughs> no dealt need for with. A yeah, back to. we may have had it like once or twice. Not not the two man sled, but just like the regular one man one. Oh yeah, hitting drill or something. But like maybe just like trying to fit up on it or something. Like yeah. stuff. But other than that, yeah, man, we yeah, that was high. I played linebacker though in middle school, so yeah, back in the day. <laughs> okay, yeah. so Rod, I don't know why I played linebacker. So Rod, aggressiveness. Called bad coaching. So it's good. To, it's good to know yeah. Rod B has experience on the two man sled. Yeah. But Rod, you know, you obviously been around practice with. You know the folks of the two man sled, what it looks like and how imbalanced it is. Yeah. And basically, yeah. the drill he was doing was Herb Hand was saying, "Look, if your if your if your leverage is good and your body your hat your hat and hand placement is good, the sled shouldn't tilt. You should be able to drive it straight back, drive it, which yeah. is really hard. Because yeah, because the weight is so uneven. Yeah. Yeah. And which the, is basically what you'll be dealing with if you're trying to right yeah, with yeah. two guys. And, so and I, I, it's like the I, I mean, when we heard. Herman talk yeah. always being so after games talking about a player getting behind his pads, falling forward, all the ideas of leverage and details and you, everything you're explaining here aligns with him. Just, I mean, the foundation of yeah. everything that's needed. It's like a baseline before you're even allowed to then right. be on the field. And all the practices I've seen, Rod, and I've seen NFL training camp practices. I've seen various, a lot of different high schools across the state practice. I've seen college practices. I've never really seen that drill done. And I'm mm-hmm. watching thinking, 
why don't more O-line coaches do this? Because if you're talking about leverage Pushing, and balance yeah. and things like that, that makes perfect sense. If you can push a two-man sled yeah. on half of it straight back, Basically then your foot, guys back yeah, then your per, footwork yeah, and leverage and everything like that is fine. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So yeah. I really thought that was a fascinating drill, but I thought Herb Hand just teaching about hand placement and, and ball ball get off, Rod. I know you're BGO, big on the BGO. BGO. Herb Hand's big on ball get off. Yeah, man, that's how you. That to me is the. Uh, to me, there are certain things are that are kind of the ultimate tool to have at certain positions. Like you have a, you got a, a bunch of things in your your arsenal in your repertoire that you can use. That's what Coach King was all about, man. I'll give you tools. Can't tell you how to use them because if I do that, I'm gonna. That's overcoach. I'm telling you what to do in every situation. I'm overcoaching because I'm not playing. Right. It's like you're out there, you're feeling it. You know if you can, if you know if you're if you can jump that route, if you're gonna be quick coming out of that break, or if you can run with that guy. I don't know that. You know what I mean? So I'm gonna give you all the tools to use, and you just gotta figure out when to use them and when's the best time to execute. And I love that because I think that's what coaching truly is. And for the defensive lineman, BGO as one of your tools in your arsenal, dude, to me, it's the most important one. If you can get the jump on a guy before he can establish himself and get into their technique, that's why the bump and run, to me, I, I love the art form because I could, I could, even if that guy is a more talented receiver than I am a defensive back, I can even the scales because I can throw him off yeah. with my bump and run technique. If my bump and run technique can discombobulate him enough at the line of scrimmage, all of his great route running, his speed, all the things that give him an advantage over me are nullified because I threw off the timing. Mm-hmm. And now he's yeah. fighting with me at the line of scrimmage for a half a second or for even longer. Or, and, and now I can control him. Yeah. BGO, so that's why bump and run to me was like my number one tool and I had to affect it. I was really good at it. Yeah. Um, but for those guys, I think their number one tool, BGO, for alignment, it would be, my, if I was a defense lineman, it would be my number one tool because I can get into my pass rush, I can get into my technique before they get into theirs and then almost I can you know I can stun them especially if I'm a D lineman I figure yeah. I can stun you and throw you completely off and and if you can throw an alignment off early yeah. dude watch how unathletic offensive linemen look you ever seen offensive linemen like oh, when yeah. they, they're stunted early dude they look really unathletic because they're their... 300 pounds something dude so when their weight gets going one way mm-hmm. dude, it can go real it's bad hard to real reshift quick. yes natural so inertia that's why that's why BGO for me if I was a D lineman dude getting off quick that's why guys who did that we had linemen like Miguel McKay that were really good that played just because their BGO was so good. Maurice Gordon was like that. Maurice mm-hmm. Gordon was, was a two hundred and sixty pound defensive tackle, but he can always get in the backfield because he was gonna he was gonna ba- even if you got a hand on him, it would be like on his chest or stomach because he's already in the gap. Yeah, you know I mean? sort of Which, ahead of its time with a guy like Maurice Gordon. It was, because yeah. that's what you're seeing more and more in the like those NFL undersized guards. Oh, yeah, oh, like so undersized tackles. It, 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 in practice, like a Puna Ford coming out. Not now, they're different skill set wise, but good for him. Being but no, to, to your point though, he's got Matt, BGO yeah. though. In, in, yep. pra- in practice, uh, in practice on Tuesday with the defense, Tom Herman talked about this when they went to more team periods. Taquan Graham's running nose, yeah, two hundred eighty-five, two hundred ninety pounds. Yeah. And we, we talked about Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver's nose. Ed Oliver's two hundred seventy-five pounds. Yeah, Ed Oliver actually is the prototypical now defensive tackle. Yeah, and yeah. Being able he, to talk under, about and, yeah. this timing and being able to then the domino effect that comes after, like say when you're running bump and run, or if you're just able to get that first disruption in that first second in the first initial timing of a play. That's just in valuable in football because of the domino effect right. that if it's, I mean, exactly. quarterback sees the guy getting pushed oh, in him or the ball. his wide receiver, yeah. and then everything, now you have hesitation, now you on defense have become the offense, the aggressor, and it flips the scales defensively. It's why you saw Seattle play so confident for years in the NFL and different teams do that. So, right, to your point about BZO being a great tool for defensive linemen, I agree. It brings in a question, why don't more offensive line coaches teach it? And I thought about that while watching Herb Hand just focus on just getting off wow. the ball. And, and the That's way he was doing point. it, the yeah. way he was doing it was interesting because, and I'm, I don't know if this is how he runs all his drills like this, but uh, you know, because Texas has the different snap games where the quarterback claps and then the ball snap. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Herb Hand was doing. It was a clap and then and then listen for the the you know snap whatever. So it's clap and then hut or whatever to to get off the ball. Yeah. And he's basically saying, if you're waiting to hear my voice, you're too late getting off the ball. Man, you got to anticipate it like that. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. If you're waiting, that's kind of that's kind yeah. That gives me chills because yeah, you got to be. It's like I couldn't hear everything he was saying, but that was one thing I heard him saying during that drill. He's like, if you're waiting to hear my voice, you're too late. It's like the gunshot, right? They always say if you hear the gunshot, it's already too late. The the bullet's already way past the sound of the gunshot. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So So basically when you hear that clap, you're you're loaded, ready to go. Yeah, you're loaded, ready to go. So I just like the way he teaches, and I've gotten to watch, you know, Stacey Searles do it, and Joe Wickline do it, and Matt Maddox do it, and Derek Wareheim 
do it. And even back in the day, like going to practice, watching how like Tim Nunez would work with guys or Mac McCorder would do it. Yeah. Um, all old line coaches just have a, the the message. Rod, it's help me, help same. me, help me understand. The message is the same, but the, the way same, you man. deliver the message, yeah. everybody's different. It's like teaching arithmetic or you know basic grammar to kids. You're teaching the same thing, but yeah. you know that teacher that stood out to you in school. And you're like, damn, yeah. Mr. Nathan was the bomb English teacher, dog. I <laughs> yeah. learned so much. You know what I mean? It was just their style of teaching. Right. I'm an education major, and that's basically what I'm like, man, everybody's teaching the same thing. But if you can find your own twist on it, emphasize certain things that will resonate with that person. And, and then you got to every person learns differently, too. That's how you know mm-hmm. you're a real good coach because yeah. everybody don't learn the same way. Everybody's not going to learn on the field and in the film room the same way. So yeah. I know everybody wants to know how do guys look, what you know, what do you all oh, you see uh, at the first practice. That was my big takeaway, just Herb Hand and his, his ability to teach and just how he worked with that mm-hmm. offensive line group, just getting to watch him for you know two or three periods while we were out there. I was I was very impressed uh, with what I saw. The other big takeaway I want to talk about, and, and we'll end with this for this week, you know, Tom Herman mentioned the gains in the strength program that guys made, and let me see if I can find that uh, story I did yeah, on it because I, I wrote it. I wrote it all down. I want to say I some of those things were phenomenal. I mean, I read some. Yeah. Uh, the okay, so Brecken uh, Hager's weight. I think I was really surprised. I saw Bendage's squat was up yeah, like it, he went from being something in the low fours when he got here to like six ten like that. Okay, he yeah, said he'd take it a couple weeks. I saw Chris Boyd <laughs> jumped like a thirty nine. All right, let me run this down. For that's awesome. Yeah, by the way, big inches. Big thanks to whoever's uh, right. That would, yeah. whoever's making sure our internet is flowing and functioning at a high level here at the Austin Radio mm. Network. Studios. I can look it up. Uh, okay, so uh, when okay, the team tested before players released for spring break. Forty six players uh, had a thirty inch or more vertical jump. The team average is thirty one and a half inches. That includes linemen. Forty got Rod B. And this is going from a Charlie Strong regime where I heard they really didn't do cleans from the floor that often, yeah. if at every, all. Every strength coach we haven't gotten into that, but every strength. Yeah. Coach got their thing. Uh, Mad Dog was a huge power clean fan. Yancey McKnight is. Yancey McKnight <laughs> is kind of old was, school right? in that in that speed and explosive power. Rod, Rod B, power. Rod yeah. B. In your off seasons, how often did you get sick of tire- hearing the phrase speed and explosive power? Man, explosive power. Dog. We had t shirts. Everything was about explosive power. All of Mad, Mad Dog was all about mental strength, like mental toughness. Yes. So a lot of that stuff, like we, I ain't gonna lie, A and M would have guys that would do better at the combine than we would do. Right. Um, and I always thought that was ridiculous. I, I know we had better athletes or like athletes um, for a while because he was focused so much on mental toughness. But I'm not going to lie. The, remember, it was always the criticism of Texas football was that they were soft. It was kind of a, you know, kind of a, a country club atmosphere, that kind of thing. And he wanted to get away from that. So now everybody was mentally tough coming out. That was his goal. I always look at the strength program under clean? Mad Dog when it was when it was yeah, at its, when it was at its best under Mad Dog was uh, you basically got out of it whatever you were willing to put in. Like if this you were true. a guy that just wanted to just kind yeah. of skate by and do the bare minimum. That's you fine, that. but you're, you're going to be on the scout team for four yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want to be Brian Arakpo and yeah. maximize you be at the your front time in of here. all those yeah. exercises, sand pit, thousand yard shuttle, uh, with the weighted, you know, weight vest and all that, you yeah. better be at the front of it. Show me what you got. Mm. And yeah, yeah, especially what it was about. But that to me, that didn't really make you a better, right? Like more athletic corner so or check, football so player. Everybody pretty made... much came into Texas then, and they 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 came in very athletic and explosive, and they really kind of left the same. I don't yeah. know if they improved and, as much as they should have. When you right. said that sentence, power clean just made me think of, because we always were sort of wondering, like it le- especially in the late 2000s, like all these pec injuries or then yep. shoulder. And mm-hmm. I just Googled most common injuries to power clean shoulder injuries, which oh, is what I, I, did, I mean, that's yeah. what ended your NFL had, career. Where, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it was a probably a part injuries. of all strength complexes, yeah. but functional strength really does matter instead Agreed. of just weightlifting, Olympic lifting and stuff so, like that. Yeah. So speaking of Olympic lifting, I don't want to get too far off track. I, I was going to mention this at the top and we dove right into it. We need to get him back on the show because we need to send a huge congratulations to our good friend Mark Henry, oh, yeah. yes, who right. was announced this week is the latest member who will be inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. coming up uh, in early April down in New Orleans at WrestleMania yeah, on man. WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, very deserving. I don't know if there's anybody more deserving. From the Hall of Pain to the Hall of hmm. Fame. Hall of Fame, baby. Mark Henry. And Mark Henry's just we'll, awesome, dude. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we we got to have Mark on the show here uh, before too 
long before he gets to WrestleMania weekend. Uh, and and I know Mark Henry will appreciate these numbers. So you ready for this, Rod? Okay. Give it to me. 40 guys power clean 300 or more pounds. Mm. Uh, of those 40 guys, four guys maxed out at 350 plus. Uh, Sam Cosme, 355. Marquez Bimage, 355. Brecken Hager, 360. And Taquan Graham at 370. Uh, wow. 33 guys back squatted 500 or more pounds. Uh, and guys who were singled out, Cosme, 570. Taquan Graham, Taquan Graham, 570. Jamari Chisholm, 585. And Marquez Bimage, 610. And he was 610. at That's what I said earlier. He was at four or something. He said he came in at 445 or something yeah. like that. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. Brecken Hager added three inches to his vertical jump. This is all since the staff has been here and started working with guys. Brecken Hager's added three inches to his vertical jump, 150 pounds to his squat max. He's added 25 pounds onto his frame and at the same time shed 3% body fat. <laughs> that sounds so like a riddle. Way now. He's up to oh, close to 270. Closing That's on crazy, 270. Man. That's a uh, beast, man. Yeah. Charles Amenahu. Charles Brian Robinson. Since the staff got here, Charles Amenahu's added 12 inches to his vertical jump. Jump. Think about that. It's Charles Minahu. And it's hard for Charles Minahu to vert because he's got long inches? arms and you got to take away some. 12 inches? 12 inches. He's basically jumping a foot higher. Uh-huh. 12 inches of the vertical wow. jump. So what was he doing before? He's all Charles Minahu's. <laughs> Not jumping? Charles Minahu's also added 18 pounds and lowered his body fat by 3%. Chris Boyd, vertical up four inches. He's the team best at 39 and a half. And Chris Boyd has added 10 pounds and increased his standing broad jump rod by eight inches. He's now at 10, one and a half and raised his squat max by 105 pounds. Yeah. See, that's stuff that's going to make you money down the line. It yep. doesn't matter that much. And I mean, it didn't matter. It shows you how athletic the guys are. But in football, of course, translating that on the field, that's tough for anybody to quantify exactly how it's going to translate. Real-time calculations. We know that stuff. Yeah, we know that. But we know the NFL is also a showcase at the Combine, which Texas is planning on, you know, having a lot of guys invited to the Combine over the next few years. That stuff makes you money. And yeah. to me, that's a great recruiting tool. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You yep. get that out there's a recruiting tool like hey guys you're gonna come here and all those combine exercises you're gonna be really good at them by the time you get the there. definition of what college should be yeah. <laughs> to help you Prepare get a you job for the next yeah, exactly. like that, that that's, that's exactly basically right. what they're doing here's the and chris boyd rod you know I, I remember you know late high school early college days I'd, I'd go out to back when practices were open to anybody and anybody could Walk go out and up, watch man. practice um going to watch quentin jammer practice or Dang. you see nathan vasher out there i really seeing rod b out at practice <laughs> and you see what an nfl DB looks like Chris Boyd looks like an NFL defensive back on yeah. the roof. Like that's heard, what, yeah, that's what you want thing. him to look like. And he's you know he's feeling himself because last year in the season as one of the best corners in the country. Had the best game yeah. in the nation. Yeah. So I know he's feeling best himself. And he should. Grade, that's a right. great way to go into the offseason, man. So I want to close it with this. And Matt, we talked you talked about details. Tom Herman doesn't miss anything when you talk about and I was talking about Herb Hand being very detail oriented. This doesn't just speak to how far this strength program has come from just when it was in shambles with Mad Dog and Benny Wiley button heads. All right, guys, let's take a quick timeout. But on the other side, it is more Texas talk as spring football is underway on the 40 acres. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. For a limited time at Sprint, lease one Samsung Galaxy S9 or S9 Plus and get one S9 on us. Plus, with Galaxy Forever exclusively from Sprint, you can upgrade to the newest Galaxy every year. It's like pre-ordering for the future. No other national carrier gives you what Galaxy Forever does. And it's included with Galaxy S9 and S9 Plus. These phones are loaded with great features, including Samsung's best camera ever with super slow-mo, advanced low-light photo taking, and instant translation of street signs, menus, and more. You can also create AR emojis you have to see to believe. Switch to Sprint today. Lease a Galaxy S9 or S9 Plus, and for a limited time, get one S9 on us. Call 1-800-SPRINT-1 or visit Sprint.com slash Galaxy. S9, $33 a month. S9 Plus, $38 a month. And get a second S9, $0 a month after $33 a month credit applied within two bills. Requires 18-month leases with two new lines or one new line and one upgrade after 12 lease payments. Early termination results in remaining balance due. Excludes tax, subject to credit, and $30 activation fee. Upgrade after 12 lease payments. Restrictions apply. Hi, Tom Bodette. Motel 6 is still the place to save money as you travel down the highway. Or, for you Californians, the freeway. Whether you're on a cross-country trek on Interstate 10 or a fun jaunt up State Route 1, a.k.a. the 10 or the PCH, there's probably one of our more than 1,400 locations right down the road. Or, for Californians, just over the hill. But it's rush hour, so I'd take the canyon. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. 
If you're a small business, first impressions can make all the difference. With Grasshopper, you get all the features of a professional business phone system on your mobile phone. Choose a business phone number, make calls, and send texts. Stay connected and work from anywhere with features like Wi-Fi calling and our desktop app. Set up your account in minutes with no long-term contracts and 24-7 customer support. Make your small business big. Now get $20 off your first month when you visit grasshopper.com slash radio. That's grasshopper.com slash radio. In winter, you can practically hear your skin changing. Drying out, flaking, tightening, becoming itchy, irritated, and inflamed. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. With Cortisone 10, winter can just sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Jenny had a dream, a dream of joining the national bobsled team. She worked out relentlessly and knew that if she just refused to give up, one day her dream would come true and she'd stand triumphantly up on the podium. But when her kids reminded her that she was 52 and she lived in Texas and maybe she started dreaming this dream a little late in life, she gave up on not giving up. But then she heard how Geico could save her money on car insurance, so she switched and achieved that dream instead. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Hey there, it's Reese and Irvy from, from the, the franchise, franchise concept Reese and Irvy's. By now you've heard about our patented frozen yogurt vending robots that serve seven flavors of delicious frozen yogurt with six amazing toppings in less than 60 seconds. To date, we've sold over 200 franchises, 1,000 robots, and we're officially labeled as one of the hottest franchise opportunities of 2018. With no employees, no rent, no brick and mortar shops, just fully automated robots that work for you and deliver instant customer satisfaction. Revenue for you, smiles for them. We secure our franchisees high foot traffic locations like cinemas, hotels, tourist attractions, colleges, and malls. From installation to instant sensation, we provide you all the tools for Froyo success. No experience is necessary and full and part-time franchise opportunities are available. To find out if your territory is still available, go to FroyoFranchising.com to learn more and be sure to enter promo code 2828. That's FroyoFranchising.com, promo code 2828. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. For Matt, for Roger, everybody at the Austin Radio Network, 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, AM 1260, and The Horn app, where you can hear Rod B. each and every weekday from 1 to 3 on the Rodcast. And thanks to Matt, you can get us on iTunes, tune in, and get every episode on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.